This is HPR episode 1740 entitled Mailing List Etiquette. It is hosted by Dave Morris and is about 46 minutes long. The summary is some advice about best practices on mailing lists. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. everyone this is Dave Morris. My topic today is entitled uh, mailing list etiquette and uh, just to give you some context to start with in February this year which is 2015 I created a, a script to enhance the monthly community news show notes by adding a section to it which summarizes the various discussions on the HPR mailing list over the, the last month. My script processes the messages that it finds on the gmain site that's where we copy our um, list messages and it formats them into threads and uh, reports about the each of the threads how many messages are there and so forth now as i was writing the script i noticed that people were often making errors when they were replying to existing messages and message threads um, and they were also having making some mistakes when creating new threads on the list and that motivated me to talk about avoiding doing that and also just some general do's and don'ts of mailing list use which I thought might be might be helpful so um, as usual I've got a short set of notes on the the main HBR page and then that links to a larger set which uh, much more comprehensive. In fact, the notes are, are quite long. Uh, my son checked them over for me and he said, Dad, this is too long, you should put a summary in. So I did. There's um, a summary of the, the key points in the, the document, really the do's and don'ts of it. There's a technical piece as well, which I haven't summarised. So I um, hope you find that useful. You could stop at that if you really wanted to. You just want to get the gist of it and... Um, not hear the the details read the details more is the point so let's start off with the definition of a thread a thread is a collection of messages relating to a subject it's an old concept goes back to a time before the internet and i remember finding this this concept in uh, usenet news before we had email at all our university i worked at was a great um, user of, of uh, Usenet news back in those days and uh, there were very strict rules about how you conversed on on news which stuck with me <laughs> and I've carried on into email. So in current mail systems you tend to find the term conversation used as well um, as an alternative to thread 
probably a little bit more meaningful. But whatever you call it, it still boils down to a way of ordering messages to show which ones are applied to another. In fact, if you if you think about it, or as you if you if you examine what's actually happening, it's a sort of tree-like structure where there's a root of the the tree, which is the first message, and then branches, which is the re- are the replies, and replies to replies, and so on and so forth. Now, many mail clients off- offer a threaded view of mail messages. I have been using Thunderbird now for a fair, fair number of years, and uh, because I'm a Debian user, it's called IceDove, for some obscure reason. And threading... Uh, can be enabled on a per-folder basis. You, you don't have to see the threaded view. and uh, But I think it does a lovely job. So I, I've included a, a picture in the notes showing a view of a thread from the HPR mailing list. While I was researching this uh, subject, I found a, an add-on for Thunderbird which does a, another analysis of threads it's called ThreadViz, has links to it in the show notes, and it displays a graphic at the top of a message, giving quite a good, I think anyway, a good visualisation of what a thread is and how it's laid out and who who's responsible for which bit. Um, it's it's all coloured and uh, and got lines linking bits together. So that's included in the picture as well, just for your uh, just for interest. So the thread that I've analysed is the one from February the 12th this year, where Ken Ken Fallon forwarded a message to the list from an organisation called Cybrary, looking to uh, see if we we wanted to join in any cross-promotional opportunities. Now, uh, hopefully you can see this and uh, it renders OK for you. You'll see that the, the thread is displayed in the Thunderbird pane and I've expanded it. There's a there's a little triangle to the, the left of the uh, the pane, which when you click it opens up the, the whole thread. And uh, the thread the messages are lined up one under the other with little lines connecting them to show which ones are applied to what. And the subject of each one is displayed and uh, and the sender and the time and so on. Um, I haven't included every every minute detail. I've I've cut it, trimmed it down somewhat. Anyway, hopefully you you can you can get an idea of what the, the thread is and looks like. If you look, there's also the thread viz display in this uh, this image, and um, I think it does a really nice job. And it does an extra thing that you don't get from Thunderbird, which is it shows there's a an initial message an external message which starts the whole the whole thread what that was was a message was sent to ken and ken forwarded it and the thread viz is aware of this and has indicated that there was a an earlier message which is not part of the hpr thread it's not it wasn't a message sent to the list uh it does it with a little gray box and all the others are colored circles connected with coloured lines and the length of the line I've switched that option on length of the line gives you an indication of the time between one message and the and the next you can see the see the messages if you just hover your mouse cursor over the the circle and you can click on it and it will take you to that message you view it in the the normal viewing arrangement that you have on this uh, mail client the only just to just to continue with the thread viz 
thing in case you're interested in it. The only slight downside I found with it is that it uses the global search and indexer within Thunderbird and so you need to switch that on. I'd switched it off in the past because my previous machine was not quite up to running it, doing lots of mail indexing all the time. My new machine, i7 with quite a lot of RAM, does a fine job so I hardly notice it but uh, if you want to get into this you might want to bear that in mind. Threadvis uses the global search and index thing database I assume it is to enable threading across across folders which is I don't know of any many other things that do that I don't know if you've got lots of folders or indeed I assume lots of mail accounts being viewed from the same client I, don't, I haven't really investigated that but it, it's quite a nice concept next let's look at how email threads actually work and uh, we need to look a little bit into the um, structure of email and what an email message is and so forth in order to do this this structure is defined by uh, an internet specification known as an RFC request for comments and the one covering email is RFC number 5322 the title is internet message format not suggesting you dig very deeply into these but in case you ever need to know about the RFCs I've linked to them in the show notes. Now an email message consists of two parts the header and the body. To be absolutely precise about it there's there's actually a, another structure called the envelope in which uh, the header and body are enclosed but that's a thing that's used when the message is in transit and it's removed on delivery. So we don't want to go into too much detail about this and uh, there's many, many, many sources of, uh, of information about the whole process of how email works such as the Wikipedia art- article I've linked to. Anyway, the message header contains lines known as fields and these have the format of a name, the name of the field followed by a colon, then a space and a value and the value can be any length pretty much can actually run over several lines but there's a convention where you have to indent the second line and second and subsequent lines. The body part is the actual message, the message content and that as you probably know can vary in structure from just a simple load of text to a very arbitrarily complex hierarchy of MIME objects such as HTML, pictures, videos audio, all these sorts of things encoded as MIME objects again there's a link to MIME if you want to dig deep more deeply I won't go into any more about that so in the notes there's an example of some of the header fields and I've, I've actually extracted these from the first message in the thread that we were looking at earlier in the picture it's a, a message from Ken Fallon and um, it's to the HPR mailing list and the subject is forward FWD colon cross promotional opportunities now these headers these particular headers are used by the the mail client when displaying the message usually they're reformatted and made to look nicer than the the bare headers so the one of the key header headers 
head of fields, I should say, that um, is important in terms of threading is the message ID field. Message ID is, the, the name part is a message hyphen ID, and it's followed by a value that looks a bit like an email address, but it isn't one. And it's, um, it's a, a unique identifier. It's always got a less than greater sign around it. And it's not for human consumption, it's for, for machine readability. So it's usually some long um, string of gobbledygook hexadecimal values, whatever it is. It's meant to be globally unique as much as that's possible to achieve. So it should be, there should be no other email that, that has that ID on the planet. One of the funny things about the standards of email is that there's huge amounts of flexibility, sometimes to the point where you wonder why it was ever ever decided to, to be so. And one of the things there is that uh, it's not mandatory to have a message ID field, but if you don't, then lots of things fail. So my personal opinion is that email clients that don't generate a message ID are broken. Don't know of any offhand, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there are some out there. And the next two fields are called in reply to and references. In reply to is in hyphen reply hyphen to and references as it sounds. So when an email client replies to a message, it generates header fields which refer back to the ancestors of the message. So the first the first message that's ever written on a subject you can regard as the parent or the root of the tree depending on how you want to look at it and the references or the in reply to refer back to that message as it, as the parent the in reply to field normally contains a single value which just refers to the parent message id the references field is a bit more complex it doesn't have to be there in fact neither of these have to be there although you can't do threading if, if you don't get either but you can have either of them it depends on how it's been implemented the references is a is a, a list it when you first encounter it when i first encountered it, i thought oh gosh this is great it will be it will contain everything i need to know about a thread but of course it doesn't and and it can't i guess it could it would get ridiculously long if if uh, if it contained everything but what it does contain it it will contain the contents of the parent messages references field if there is one and then it will be followed by the parent's message id field so it points to the parent and if the parent happened not to be the first in the chain the parent will be pointing back to its parent so that will also be in the references, and that might be that might also have a parent which is pointed back to, and so on. So you, you do have at least some of a chain there that uh, that lets you follow back up the up the um, the the thread. And in every case, when I say a pointer back to a message, I'm talking about holding the message ID of the of the message. So I've given a an example, a real example of references and in reply to fields on the message which immediately followed the first message in the um, the thread that we looked at earlier. Now, something rather odd about this one, at least a little unusual, 
about this particular case. And that's that in the references list, there's not only a pointer to the first message in the thread, there's also a pointer to another message, which has got a string of numbers and stuff, followed by cybrary.it. So that's the message that originally came in saying you might be interested in this, which was then forwarded to the list. And so that gives you some clue as to how the 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 whole business of pointing to an external message could could be arranged cybery message was is not on the list it's an external message which is being referenced i've actually put in the uh, notes the relevant headers of the message that ken originally received which uh, which are cited in his forwarded message okay it's getting a bit deep now <laughs> so we won't go too much deeper so so there's the question what's a thread then so you you probably and i've hinted already that an email mess, message thread is the the structure that's defined by the links that i've been talking about that each message points to its ancestors and the whole collection of messages forms a tree if you if you if you analyze it you say message a is points back to message b etc etc then if you look at it from a different point of view you can say well the children or at least the the the, the sub thread that hangs from a given message are these messages so you can actually build an actual tree structure in in your program which uh, which is capable of representing the relationships between all of these messages so i did this in the, the script that i was mentioning and when I was researching more for this this talk, I came across a site written by a guy called Jamie Zuinski, where he was one of the authors of one of the early Mozilla uh, mail products, and he talks at great length about how he implemented the threading algorithm, which is I found certainly quite interesting. So, as I say, it's in I've used something like this, which I have arrived at independently, I should say. It's probably garbage, but never mind, it works. Um, and uh, it's also in the Gmain software because it also does some quite nice threading. I think that's as far as I want to go with this now. I can appreciate that I'm heading off into the weeds here and you might be less enthusiastic about all this than, than I am. So I'll, I'll stop at this point and get on to the, the next subheading, which is talking about list etiquette. So... You do find this referred to as netiquette. I think it's sort of internet etiquette is, is where that's come from. But there's um, a bunch of things that uh, you're advised to do to to make the whole business of conversing by email work properly. And the main thing is, well, I mean, two, two things are thread consistency and the other is making sure that the, the sort of structure of the the body of the message citations and so forth is all properly structured so if we look at the thread consistency and uh, some do's and don'ts there first point is when you come to reply to a message on a mailing list which is part of a thread then you need to use reply we'll we'll come on to some of the alternative things that people do which are which are not a good idea 
bit later on, but uh, you should have a reply facility within your client, and it will definitely look at the message you're replying to, use the headers, and will set up the in-reply-to and, and references headers appropriately in the message that's constructed. If your mail client can't do this, then it's broken, I think. I'd be fascinated to uh, to hear about it. Maybe you need to configure things. I've never seen such a such a thing. Normally they come with this feature built in, in my experience anyway. Or you need to throw it away and get something else which works properly. Just as an aside, um, you should pay attention to how you do the reply because you might be misled by where the reply is actually going to. So in the case of the HPR list, the list is not configured to make your client send its replies to the list. So what will happen is if you simply hit the, the plain reply button on some some clients, they will try and send the reply to the sender only, yeah, not include the list. My email client, this Thunderbird iStove, has got a reply to list button on it, and uh, that sends to the list only and not to the sender, which is probably the best thing to do. There's also another one which is reply to all, which is which goes to the list and to the sender or sender. Oh no, yeah, it'd be single sender, but list and other people CC'd perhaps. I normally just reply back to the list unless I know that perhaps somebody's been included who's not on the list for whatever reason. I normally do the reply to list because I assume that people who are sending things to the list just want to get answers from the list. They don't want their own private answer as well because they've got to then have to file that somewhere as well. That's not always a valid assumption, I have to say. Some people do prefer to keep the list mail separate from private mail and they would see your reply to the list and to them as sort of both. <laughs> so I don't work that way, but there you go. So the second point in the etiquette list is don't change the subject line. So it's a the point of the conversation or thread is that it's about a particular subject and it's bad etiquette to change that subject field as you go. I mean... You can do it. Your client will probably let you do it, but uh, it's not good practice to do it. The only, the only odd case where it might be if if is if the first uh, subject was misleading, uh, and you want to make it clearer. But the convention is to put the new subject line, the new subject topic, at the the start of that field and then in brackets usually square brackets put was followed by the original topic so people can say oh look it's changed oh it's changed because that first topic was uh, was not very clear now it's clearer but uh, probably best to to avoid it if you possibly can now here's the the next one is um, don't try to start a new thread by replying to an old one this is a very common problem mistake that's made somebody will come to the mailing list they'll see oh there's the last message that came out right oh i want to send a message to the list and what they do is they just open the last message hit reply and change the subject line now this is very bad etiquette it, it breaks the the threading process 
because there's a, a brand new topic just appeared in the same thread and um it also has it, it has consequences which uh, can have consequences which which can be counterproductive so i'm giving you an example here which is that the consequences that is the the script that summarizes the message threads for the hpr community news will not see such a change of topic as a new thread and what it does is it lists the thread topics and number of messages so if you have tried to start a new thread by replying to an old one your message will be included in that existing thread and uh, it won't appear as a separate topic and that's because it's nigh and impossible to to do that in the the picture in the the first picture in the the notes you can see the existing thread is towards the end the topic has changed to intro and outro and without changing to a brand new thread so the subject of intro and outro doesn't appear in the community news notes for for february because of that so don't do that just if you need to start a new a new um you need to write a new message to the list certainly open up an existing message but create a brand new message and copy the the uh, address if you if you can't remember to what it is yourself don't reply to it and another common mistake which i've headed don't start a new thread to reply to an existing one people do tend to do a thing where they want to make a comment on a message but what they do is they create a brand new message copy the subject from the the existing one and then write their their addition their comment their their message that will not be joined into the thread because as you probably hopefully got from the the uh, the techie bit earlier on the, ma- the mail client will not because you're not using reply it will not pick up the the links to to link it into the thread because you're not replying um so it will be an orphan message that's dangling around all by itself now some thread analyzing systems do try hard to get round this problem the strategy is to look for these orphaned messages which are determined from the fact that their subject line is the same as an existing thread but they're not threaded then it joins them into the thread at an at appropriate position based on the timestamp. The Gmain algorithm does that. So if you look at the threaded view of, of uh, HPR messages there, you will find that, that it's sometimes repaired stuff. Jamie Zawinski's system, which he described, does this as well by a, uh, an orphaned message um, refitting process. And the 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 HPR community news script that I wrote also does this but Thunderbird doesn't when you you're looking at at the threads in the display that I showed you earlier if the subject line is changed you know if even if it's not if it's just a small spelling change or a capitalization change then no algorithm will will uh, repair this none to my knowledge anyway because there's there's all of the clues that would allow it to to do that are in the subject line so if you break that then you've, you you can't even expect any repairs but the best thing to do is not to do it in the first place the other issue that seems to hit the um, hpr list quite a lot is digest messages 
don't reply to them. Many mailing list systems do offer a, a digest facility, and the idea is that if it's a very busy list, it can be more convenient for people to receive a daily message from the list where all of the messages since the last digest are all bunched together. And they do this on the basis of a, a time timing between the last digest or there's a counter which looking at the number of messages that are going through the list and when it reaches a threshold 50 say or something it will send send out a digest anyway the digest consists of all of these messages bundled together into one individual message and you know it has its has its advantages but i i would suggest that it's probably the most useful where the list is very busy or more to the point, contains read-only material like newsletters or something like that. Just to expand a little bit more on this digest business, some mailing list systems, including the the mailman system that's used for the HPR list, generate either plain text or mime digests. You can actually select which one you want in your own uh, configuration. The plain text format conforms to an RFC, RFC 1153. It's not that complex. It's a great format for human readability. There's a sort of table of contents type bit followed by the the messages. But the messages have been severely hacked down to the the minimum, the minimum headers and uh, the the body of the message and sometimes the the message has been trimmed down a lot if 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 the message is in a mime format has got attachments or anything like that those won't be in the, the digest usually in this form but certainly all of the threading information is purged as the digest is created the mime format is is different because it consists of the digest message is one message with a summary in it of the messages to follow, followed by a bunch of attachments. And each attachment is a mime-encoded version of the messages that uh, that have passed through the list. So each message is actually does have its full headers. I believe the instances where I've seen this, that's certainly been the case. I, I, don't, I haven't done a survey of what else is available out there, but I'm pretty certain that the algorithm is simply to pick up the message and stick it into the, the digest as an attachment now that's actually potentially usable but again I, I have not come across a male client which can do the right thing if you go to a digest you see the the messages in it as if it's one message divided up into partitions if you say reply there's no way you can say i'd like to reply to this message inside this message you just say reply and um you would it means reply to the message i'm currently reading that is the digest so i think that if um a list is about discussions like the hpr list is receiving digests is a problem if you ever want to reply to anything because you can't reply to the individual messages within the digest and uh, if you do it you will end up with a completely unthreaded orphaned message which pretty much can't be re-threaded by the the algorithm i was talking about earlier because the subject of the digest is hello i'm digest number 42 it doesn't it 
how could it contain the subject of all of the, the however many messages within it? So I would suggest that for a low traffic list like HPR, it'd be better if you didn't subscribe to the digest list. Just go for the, the met one message at a time option. If you do subscribe to the digest list, you're either going to have to avoid replying to anything or you're going to have to construct messages by taking the digest and editing out the the information you need and building a message that looks as close as possible to a reply to a message as you would have created if you'd got the, the straight message and then inject that into the system and hope that the algorithms that uh, that mend the threads can do a, a job on you on what you've done i've actually seen this written down as a as a strategy in some university where this must have been quite quite a problem i haven't actually um linked to that thing because i was yeah it just seems so insane personally but uh, you may think otherwise so the next subheading here is since we've dealt pretty much with with all I can say about threads at the moment formatting the the reply is also an issue it doesn't really affect the threading thing threading is all about uh, using reply and so forth to get the headers right but um, formatting the the contents is also an issue when you're sending and receiving messages on a mailing list I've referenced a Wikipedia article on the subject of posting style, which does go into quite a lot of depth, more than I'm going into here. Many mail clients do offer an ability to do a fair bit of formatting on the original message when you're replying to it. And uh, if that's available, usually it, it, it's something you need to switch on, at least uh, in the clients I've used, then switch it on because it's, it's really useful. So the first piece of advice under this heading is to quote the text that you're applying to it's it's regarded as bad etiquette not to to mark the the original text in a reply as as a separate piece of text a thing that you're replying to so normally you start this section of the, the message with a line that says something like on date and time author wrote a date and time from the uh, the, the original message the message you're replying to and the author field is the uh, the sender's name person you're replying to the text of the original message then follows with a, a greater than sign and a space after uh, in front of sorry each line so i've got an example here i won't i don't think i can read it and convey anything useful now then if some if a further person were to reply to that reply then a further header message would be put introducing uh, the the secondary reply actually be the tertiary reply wouldn't it and um, followed by the the thing that was in the previous message with the uh, the, the greater than signs and the whole lot with further greater than signs in front of it and uh, the follow-up text. So uh, there's <laughs> my description doesn't do it justice. Hopefully you'll find the, the actual thing itself looks looks better than that. Most uh, mail clients will handle this for you to some reasonable degree. The other factor is that uh, when you have this sort of 
original quote and then the supplementary quote and then you're about to add your comment to that when you have that sort of structure then uh, and, and you're viewing it different male clients will give you all different types of, of Im- add-ons and improvements and features to to make it easier to read in the case of thunderbird that i i use myself there are add-ons which will color the different levels of of quote so it's easier to see you know that's the red one and that's all together in a block and that's the blue one and so on and so forth and the one i tend to use more than any other collapses the quotes so the the innermost quote is collapsed down with a with a little plus sign beside it that you can click on to expand it and then the the thing that wraps that is also collapsed down so that you can you can uh, expand that and i've got an example of that a bit later on in the in the notes which might just make it a little clearer so the next hint is to say to to tell you to trim the text you're applying to so if you if the first message was a hundred lines long and you want to reply to that and say something like i disagree with this because blah 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 then it's not necessary to leave the entire text intact and for a start by beginning at the, the the start of the thread and walking through it you will see it anyway there's generally thought to be a good idea to leave some of it but more particularly the bit that you're you're commenting on. If there are salutations, hello list, and signatures at the end, and possibly a footer from the, the mail system itself, get them all out, remove them all. The other thing you see from time to time is that people using uh, PGP or GPG signatures, will their message will contain these. You really need to remove them as well. I often see these things being left intact in a reply and it looks to the the um, mail client as if the reply is signed with the originator's signature which confuses it enormously most mail clients that understand these types of signatures will remove them anyway certainly uh, i with with thunderbird and the enigmail plugin that you, you use to get to GPG signing and encryption these things are handled automatically so if your client doesn't do this you seriously need to think of uh, enhancing it or replacing it I would suggest so the next the next and almost the last point is about top posting now this is if you don't understand what it is is um, the practice of putting the reply before the text of the previous message this is usually regarded as bad etiquette since it reverses the normal flow of conversation and requires the message to be read from the bottom up so the first point is at the bottom of the message the sec that the reply to that is above it the reply to that is above that and so on and so forth if uh, and the worst case I, I would say is where there's there's a, a chain of replies and comments in a message and there's been a, a bunch of different approaches to the way the reply is formatted some people would put the reply underneath the the original and some would put it on top it can be extraordinarily difficult to, to work out what the actual conversation was because of that most male clients will offer the facility of positioning your text your reply after the original text and if if they do i mean thunderbird for example says do you want it before or after and uh, select the after i would suggest some people do feel that a top posted reply 
is more convenient because they don't have to scroll past all the preceding material to read it. But as I was saying before, using an email client which collapses and expands quotes is a good compromise because uh, everything but the last part on an incoming message is collapsed and that reduces the, the size and complexity of the message as you're viewing it quite considerably. And my screenshot shows a later message from the HPR mailing list uh, which is which came from Mike Ray in as a comment to uh, to another message and you can see the the thing he's commenting on is just one line with a plus and a and a blue bar uh, alongside it if you click the plus then it, it it opens up to the the full text that he's replying to and then the his reply follows after that i haven't put it all in i've trimmed it down a moderate bit i left the thread viz display in just because i thought it was rather it was another interesting example of what it looks like i have to say though uh, the subject of top posting is a controversial one and it might well be in a state of flux when i was preparing this show i found a, a long long discussion about the right way to reply to a mailing list on the mailman users mailing list that's that's the um, mailman uh, mailing list software I've, I've been a subscriber to this list for many years because I used to manage a mailman installation at the university I worked at. You might want to have to have a look through that. There's some quite interesting discussions. There's a few, fair number of slightly off-topic things there, but uh, if uh, if you're interested in this, this whole issue, have a look at that because I thought that there were some very telling arguments in there. One of the points that I must admit I maybe didn't know enough about was that uh, many modern mail clients, particularly on phones and tablets, are not using the the more standard posting style and going for top posting. In some cases, people were citing instances where their mail clients did not let them edit the uh, the re- the original reply in any way and, uh, the, and and certainly only allowed top posting i certainly experienced this when i was working uh, where when we installed inst- we installed microsoft mail microsoft outlook the posting behavior that the that most people in the organization started to use was top posting and citing everything all the so all of the attachments would whiz around, and uh, everybody's mailbox got totally stuffed with uh, these long repeated messages where where the the entirety was was cited over and over again, and and that was largely down to uh, Outlook, I believe. So, my final point is to say, use an email client that can do the right thing, as as in the the Wikipedia article on posting style. There's the comment there that some mail clients aren't capable of following the the etiquette and uh, this is my comment microsoft outlook seems particularly challenged in this area so avoid it and anything else that uh, misbehaves i do appreciate that this is not always possible however so it's a slightly idealistic view anyway that's uh, that's the end i hope i haven't uh, come across as too ranty and uh, but i think these are some important points and in a communal setup like a mailing list it's good to conform and uh, make the world better for others okay that's it bye now you've been listening to hacker public radio at hackerpublicradio.org 
We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hekka Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license. Thank you.